Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us for this edition of the DFA show is, of course, the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. How are you? Good. I'm doing well, guys. Yeah, I started laughing because we, we were kibitzing a little bit before, and this happens virtually every week. Patrick will say Drew, and you and I both stand up at attention. And so we always have to remind Patrick that there's, you know, two of us now. That happens. You get used to it because that's what happens in the press box. Anytime someone says Patrick, I go, it's probably Saunders. Yeah, that's and right. I'll, I'll just look out of the corner of my eye and go, Yep, yeah, no, that was for him. Okay, no, nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> and then the one time someone really does want to talk to you, you're just ignoring them hard. You're like, it's definitely not for me, right? Uh, love it. So we got a, a few fun things to do today. We're going to bring back our game, Charles Cobb slash Chuck Nasty, to get some of uh, Drew Goodman's opinions on the new rules and just some, some that are upcoming, some that have been in the recent past and re- with regards to Major League Baseball. But we are in a day spring training has officially started i don't know drew what are your when when pitchers and catchers start to report is that for you the official start of spring training of of baseball season does that get you a certain kind of excited or is it just this kind of slow build at this point? um i i just want to clarify that you're not asking yourself that question you're asking (laughs) okay um you know i would that's a great question um I would say for me, it's a slow build and it really, when I, again, in normal years, I think I'm going to be down there, but you know, when I go down for the first time, I start getting excited. My, my favorite time of year, I've said this many times is, uh, you know, March in Scottsdale and, and again, normally big crowds at the game and, and kids are down there and my kids have spent so many spring breaks playing ball down there. And it just it's always been a very special time for me. And it's all about baseball and the weather's great and everybody's in a good mood. Players are optimistic, coaches, manager, everybody's optimistic because nobody's lost a game yet. Nobody hopefully has gotten hurt yet. And um, so I would say. It's a slow build, but when I first hit the ground in Scottsdale, then it's then the juices really start flowing, and and as the buildup comes, I, I late in spring training, you can't wait for that that first real game, but I love March in 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 the Cactus League, man. Hope springs eternal, right? Everyone's zero zero, everyone's tied at at for first place and you can you can be very optimistic and it's it's baseball we know anything could happen and you know first game's right around the corner february 28th rockies even open at home um it, at, at coors field against the dodgers on april 1st so this this thing is going to ratchet up pretty quickly it, it will move quickly it, it it always does i always say this people invariably will you know you run into somebody at the supermarket or on on the street and it'll be you know, late October, early November, and they say, you must be going through withdrawal symptoms, no baseball. I said, no, I mean, the beauty of, 
of, of all the sports. I love football. I love hoops. But, you know, they're, they're seasonal. And, and as much as I love baseball and really am immersed in it, whether coaching or, or watching it, you know, 12 months a year, I, I do like that natural break. And, and that's why you get excited, as we do, as lovers of the game, when um, the new season rolls around. And, and that the fall is great, and, and it usually seems like it's, you know, October and November and December. But I will tell you, usually when it hits January 1st, it seems like it goes 1,000 miles an hour to, to the opening pitch of the, of the first game. You know, it, this tradition has changed. This is relatively new in the grand history of baseball, this two months to get ready situation. How have you seen this evolve? Do you think it's been for the betterment of the game? I mean, it's we're in the middle of February, for crying out loud, and we're talking about them getting out there. But you see the condition that these guys are in, the quality of baseball. What have you observed over the years about the way spring training has changed and evolved? Well, yeah, if you want to go back 40, 50 years, and I was watching a game on the MLB network, I can't tell you, you know, what teams were involved, or it was obviously had to be some sort of significant game. And Richie Hebner uh, was playing, and they mentioned, and it's funny, as soon as I see Richie Hebner, or wherever that name comes up, I always think of Richie Hebner in the, in the top corner of his baseball card uh, on the back. It said in the offseason, Richie Hebner is a grave digger. And he had off he had an offseason as many and Richie Hebner was a good big leaguer. It's not like, you know, he had you think, well, did he have to have an offseason job? Everybody, it seemed like back then, had an offseason job because you weren't making the incredible uh, sums of money that the guys are today. And so consequently, guys did whatever they did and they got to spring training and the intent of spring training was to get in shape, throw for the first time, hit for the first time, maybe lose 10 pounds that you gained over the winter. Right. This is a 12-month proposition in every sport now. So guys, when they rolled into camp today, pitchers and catchers, and I got news for, not not for you guys, you know this, but for all the fans out there, 90% of the position players are down there already working out on some field informally. Anyhow, guys are in great shape. The last thing you want to do is show up in mid-February, not in good shape, that sends, uh, you know, alarm, set, uh, you know, bells off with, mm-hmm. you know, front offices. Why, boy, why is that guy not in good shape? They just assume you're going to show up in great shape, and then you kind of fine-tune it over the next six weeks in preparation for the first game. As you said, they're, they're professional athletes 12 months out of the year, and their their organizations treat them like that. I mean, there's, there isn't even a point go go beyond, you know, 50 60 years ago where spring training wasn't in these, you know, designated places like Arizona and Florida. I mean, the New York giants at one point, you know, traveled just about an hour South to Lakewood, New Jersey, uh, near, near Tom's river. Like that was, that was going down South where it was a little bit warmer. Teams would, would train in Arkansas, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs at one point training out on Catalina Island. So, you know, I don't know who they were playing exactly who they could get to take the, you know, one hour boat ride out from Los Angeles. But, you know, the, the practices in the spring used to be, you know, a little all over the place. And, and it, it's amazing how the entire baseball world has those two places to descend upon. And it, it's so unique because no other sport has anything like that, where if you're just a fan of the sport, you can go there and get as much action as you want, whether it's your team, 
or not, you're going to enjoy your time down in Arizona or Florida. Yeah, and the, and the beautiful thing about Arizona and the Cactus League is the farthest you drive would be like 40 minutes. Yes. You know, maybe, yeah, it made from Scottsdale up to Surprise. Uh, and that's not so in the Grapefruit League. There are trips, in fact, where teams will spend the night because they've had to drive like three hours and, and that sort of thing. But from a fan's perspective and a player's perspective, there's nothing better than the Cactus League. Um, you can you can knock off a bunch of stadiums in a, in a long weekend of uh, of a trip down to to Scottsdale area or Peoria or you know wherever you're going. But that's the great thing about the Cactus League. Yeah, to your to your point in Florida, because of the COVID restrictions, they actually made it so that the teams that are on the east coast of Florida, you know, like Mets, St. Louis, you know, they're they're in Jupiter, Port St. Lucie, that all those teams will just be playing each other. So if you're, a, if you're a Mets fan, you're going to be seeing the same four teams over and over again. And they kind of did the same thing on the West Coast, too. Whereas, as you said, Cactus League, two farthest locations, 45, 40 minutes apart. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, did you guys know it? I'm sure you did because you covered the sport as well as anybody. And you're talking about it every single day. Um, that, that initially there's going to be like five inning games and then seven innings. And even the nine inning games later on in spring training could be altered. Uh, by the managers to, uh, you know, to less than that if they so desire. Yeah, I think because you've got so many less guys in camp now, they're, they're capped out at 75. So whereas, you know, for better or worse, if you're staying late to a game in the eighth or ninth inning, you're you're looking at your scorecard going, who are these guys? You know, and they're double A, low A guys, names you might not know yet, you will eventually. Well, those guys aren't in camp right now. It's really just the big league team and triple a. So yeah, at a certain point you run out of guys. So you might be seeing some five, six, seven inning games for uh, a long duration of spring training. Yeah, that will be, you know, that'll be a little bit um, different. I, we always make, you know, have fun with, you know, number 88 coming in and I say, <laughs> folks, I'd love to tell you who it is, but he's not on my <laughs> scorecard and he's up from minor league camp and we'll try to get a name for it for you. So mom and dad, you know, can uh, can be excited that their their kid is out on a big league field, um, and, and it's special for those for those guys to have that opportunity to play in a big league spring training game. But this year, you'll see less number eighty eights running around. Yeah, that was I, my number when I was a when I was a wide receiver <laughs> and uh, in soccer, like in in little little kid soccer. I was eighty eight. That was my number. So we're all clear. <laughs> I could have been that guy. 88's a great number if you're a wide receiver. That's right. Demarius <laughs> so Thomas for the Broncos. Catch yeah. <laughs> Drew, uh, Goody, Goody, I am a little bit surprised. I'm not maybe even disappointed that you uh, don't know everyone, all, you know, 200 players in the Rockies organization by, you know, where they their batting stance, their height, their frame. You can just look and be able to tell who 88 is. I'm a little surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to get better. I mean, I have to I have to put in a little bit more time on uh, scouring that roster um, with this with with Spokane. Have you gotten used yes. to that? Now? Oh, I'm yeah. still not actually used to I'm, Spokane and I'm, Fresno. I'm glad you reminded me. I'm, I'm I it, uh, we're early in the year. I hadn't yet said like Modesto or something. So, yeah. you know, like, uh, but I probably would have. And that's that's like two ago at this point. That's, Modesto that's several just, iterations yeah, back. Yeah. 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 Tulsa, I could have. Once you get through, you're living in the past, man. 
I gotta, I gotta catch up here. Hey, well, this is the part of the show where I switch over from Strava Craft Coffee to Breckenridge Brew. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, That's... hey, listen. There's something <laughs> called sharing. I don't know if that was uh, passed along to you. Mm. I know, right? We gotta, we gotta figure this out. That's Zoom. The Zoom people, they got Zoom care. We can go to the doctor on Zoom now, but we gotta find a way so we can pass a few brecks over to Drew Goodman. And they got seltzers now. I don't know if you're a seltzer guy. They keep trying to get me to call them seltzies. I don't, Lindsay, if you're listening, you, you, I know you listen to every show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't call them seltzies, but the Jokic 15 packs got apple, pear, cherry, peach, berry, and honeydew. I've heard the honeydew is fantastic. I haven't tried any of them yet. I've, I've just got my hot peak IPA, but still. Well, you know what? That's not bad. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You can always get your Breck, whether it's seltzer or beer, King Supers, liquor stores, down at the bar. You know, you guys know where to get them. All right. I do want to jump into the game, but there was one question here, and since we were kind of talking about it uh, ahead of time, Liam, and, and I think this is a great opportunity for you, is just, you know, a lot of people are wondering, why am I watching the Rockies broadcast this year? Other than, of course, to hear the wonderful play-by-play and color commentary job. No, no, but but seriously, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, they, they plan on tuning in. Uh, but what, what can they expect to see on these broadcasts? You know, people are asking us the same question about this podcast or, or anything else with the Rockies right now. Uh, and I know it's something that you've been talking about, I wrote about recently. So I uh, just want to give you an opportunity to get into that. Yeah, you know, I, I read your piece. I thought you did a great job in, in encapsulating um, reasons to watch. And I did a, a piece on on that on my podcast that will come out tomorrow. Um, and we have a long conversation with Dante Bichette, one of the uh, Blake Street Bombers. That'll be fun, kind of where are they now type of deals. Um, but first and foremost – People are baseball fans, right? You're a baseball lover. And then if you if you live out here, uh, many of us, obviously there are people who follow other teams, you know, they're, they're displaced from another city or whatever. But, you know, you're Rockies fans also. And the way I would answer that is unlike uh, a team that is going through transition but has a bunch of you know, veteran guys on, uh, you know, walking up the 18th fairway, so to speak. The Rockies do have a bunch of young players that are really going to be afforded an opportunity to see if they can emerge and become impactful at the major league level. And you know a lot of their names. And I would even include, fellas, Ryan McMahon. It's not like Ryan McMahon is this, you know, season seven, eight, nine-year vet. Ryan McMahon still has a lot of upside. I thought last year... He was going to be the breakout player in the 60-game snippet. He was not. He was second on the club in home runs with nine, uh, but the strikeout rate was too high. In fact, uh, you know, for all the guys I'm going to mention, they have they have one thing in common, They or two things. They have a lot of talent. They really do. And I'm talking about the Hilliards and the Hampsons, the McMahons. Um, I'll, I'll leave Rodgers out of the conversation just initially for a moment. But those three have an abundance of talent. You know, really athletic. In the case of Hilliard and Hampson, they can really run. Uh, sneaky pop, as, as Buddy likes to say about Hampson. Hilliard has top-shelf power, unique athlete at 6'5", 240 because of his speed. They all have to cut down on their strikeouts. But those guys are going to play, and they're going to have an opportunity to play a lot and, again, hopefully emerge. 
Brendan Rodgers, same deal. He's got to stay on the field. He's been hurt. Um, we know he's been a much valued prospect, not just from the Rockies' perspective, but nationally, uh, especially where he was drafted, third pick overall uh, in his draft year. He has to stay on the field, and, and he's going to have a chance to see what kind of impact he he can have. And, and it's going to be – I'm going to pay particular attention on the offensive side because, you know, that's where – he created the buzz when he was in high school, and that's where he's created the buzz when he's been on the field in the minor leagues. Yeah, it you know this this team has a lot of upside, and you know it it, it might not be the the timetable that that some fans might want, but this this very much is the start of something that that could be very big. It's it's much like what we saw in, in twenty fourteen and fifteen. You know, Tulowitzki got traded, and the teams in the playoffs, uh, you know, consecutive seasons couple years down the line with with that same core of of guys that weren't quite yet proven they were pretty good but they weren't entirely proven yet and so all those guys you mentioned they're uh they're they're trying to build something here right now and with a starting rotation where three of three of your big four are going to be back for the next three seasons uh before any of them even become free agents there's going to be some opportunities there for for this team to contend going forward in the near future potentially yeah, and the other thing I was talking about, and I mentioned, uh, you know, a fair amount on, on my podcast, is that as baseball lovers, you appreciate greatness. And within the Rockies division, you, you can say fortunately or unfortunately, there is great talent, particularly when you look at the Dodgers, defending world champion, and, and the Padres and, and the talent they've assembled great young talent i mean fernando tatis you hope he doesn't beat the rockies but to be able to watch him 19 times i enjoyed that as a lover of the game even though i want to see the rockies win at the end of the evening watching tatis play watching machado play it's the same thing if you're a football fan and your team's playing tom brady or your team's playing patrick mahomes i mean Great is great, and we're entertained by great, and not all great players can play on one team, your team. So I I look at that as as not a negative. I wish the Rockies had the Dodgers roster or the Rockies had the Padres roster right now. Um, But, uh, you know, it's a a great challenge when they're going to play them. And and from just a, a theater standpoint, as a baseball fan, I look forward to when we play those clubs. Yeah, it'll be a good opportunity for those young guys to kind of, you know, to test their metal because they're they're going to be facing those Padres and Dodgers for that next handful of years because they're, you know, they're they're loaded. They they're they're ready to go and, and they've got a, a game plan to, to kick around for the next couple of years. You know, we you mentioned Fernando Tatis as being that, you know, young shortstop that's a, a superstar, exciting, electric, all, you know, all those hyperboles you want to go on about, but you know, there's there's another team and there's another young player that fits that mold very much the same way, and that's Bo Bichette, uh, shortstop with the Blue Jays. They were a team that, you know, with Troy Tulowitzki, we saw, you know, not too long ago uh, as a team that was, was challenging there in the AL East. You think it's somewhat improbable against the Blue Jays and, or excuse me, against, against the uh, Yankees and Red Sox, but the Blue Jays had a really good squad. They had to take a step back, and then all their young guys – got to go in there. They got their opportunity to have that growth. And so I imagine uh, on tomorrow's podcast, uh, as you talk with Dante Bichette, I'm sure the name Bo may have come up once or twice as well. 
just a few times. <laughs> I don't know. Did we get a freeze out here? Yeah, he, he talked about oh, the, we talked about We reflected back on uh, watching Bo when he was 15 years of age. When Dante was in town, he was the hitting coach for Walt Weiss. And, you know, the incredible bat speed he had at, at that time. And uh, so we did talk quite a bit about Bo and, and, and a little bit about uh, Toronto as well. Yeah, next time we're at the ballpark and there's a child of, of some coach or player getting in the cage, taking batting practice, that's a, it's a good opportunity to, to follow away, take some video and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this, uh, this time and watch this young guy because there's pretty good odds uh, this is going to be a superstar. You know, it might, might be another decade. But there's there's a good shot that that could very well happen. We've seen it for the Blue Jays. We're seeing it with the Padres, and and it that's the beautiful thing about baseball is there's always another generation to come up. You never want to be away from the ballpark. It's it's baseball. It it, it doesn't matter what 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 goes on with the roster. There's gonna be a lot to watch this season with the Rockies. Having some sound issues. Sorry about that, everyone, but. Hopefully we'll get it all set and ready to go here. Well, I've got this moment and I'm interjecting in May as well. Let you know that we've got damn good beef as well as damn good beer. And you know, you can get it out at Hassle Cattle Company. They got that Wagyu beef, whether you're getting steaks, burgers, uh, ground beef, ground chuck. Hassle Cattle Company's got some of the best beef you're ever going to taste in your life. And it's good for you because it doesn't have any of that nonsense with all the hormones and stuff that they can inject into beef. Better for the animals, better for your body, and better for your wallet because you can use promo code DNVR10 to get 10% off. And any order over 200 bucks will get you free shipping. Who else is on the docket today? DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know about them. You've probably heard about them. You got to love them. And you know that they've got special deals and promos for you all the time, whether it's uh, football, baseball, basketball, UFC. You can bet on just about anything at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And right now, they've got specialties going on for, I think it's a, it's a basketball thing, right? The one, yeah, one dollar to $100 right now, new customers can bet on that. Pick any team this week to, this is basketball, we're talking college basketball now, to hit a three-pointer. Any team. If they hit a three-pointer, you bet a dollar, you win a hundred bucks. That's a pretty fantastic deal. DraftKings is always hooking you up with stuff like that. It's funny because the read here says this is a slam dunk, but technically it's a three-pointer. <laughs> I don't mean to be it's pedantic. It's a deep one. <laughs> uh, but DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012. A lot of fun to get in on the action. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's code DNVR for new customers. A shot for one to 100 on any basketball team to hit a three-pointer only. At DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply, winning paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. It's a long shot payout for a sure shot near guarantee. Yeah, right. 
All right, let's see if our connection with Goody is any better. A little bit. How do you, how do you sound? Um, do you hear me okay? Fantastic. That's much yeah. better. Excellent. Good deal. Could, could be the Wi-Fi hamsters. They're back. I don't know if you if you know that, but That's right. You know, those hamsters that keep the Wi-Fi going, you got to replace. It's like batteries, you know, getting the wheel turning around and around. You got to replace them once in a while. Well, technically, in many other areas, I'm uh, I'm a moron, so uh, <laughs> don't, don't ask me to fix it. Uh, well, luckily, one of those areas where you're not is in baseball stuff, which is where we get to talk about. And, and I'm very curious about which of these. So, so here's how this game works. We call it Charles Cobb slash Chuck Nasty. Here's our little graphic from Kale. Two different versions, right? So basically what we've got here, Charles Cobb is your more traditional buttoned up take. More how things have been done in the past, how things have always been done. You're a little more- Playing it safe. Playing it safe. Charles Cobb. Chuck Nasty is when you're, you're ready to try anything. Let's do it. Let's find something new and interesting. Let's grow the great big beard. Let's get exciting and new and different with baseball. And so we can start with a very simple one coming up this next year, something they did last year and talks about going on. Runner on second to start extra innings. Is that something where you're more of a traditional traditionalist, a Charles Cobb, I don't know about all that, or a little Chuck Nasty, you know, let's do it. Let's 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 fly with that runner on second base to start extras. You know, I've I've changed, Drew, on a lot of these rule changes. I used to be, uh, you know, a purist, a, a traditionalist. Um, you know, the DH, if we talk about it, I'm, I'm plenty good with the DH. You've heard me say that before. All and right, so Universal DH is going Chuck Nasty. Okay. Yeah, but when it comes to the the 10th inning and the runner on second, I thought that was hokey. And I kind of like the strategy. Do you try to score multiple runs in the top of the 10th inning? Mm. Who is that runner going to be? Oh, it's a slug. It's Yadier Molina. We pull Molina out and we have to, you know, we put in, you know, the guy with great wheels on the bench. Um, There's strategy there. And anytime there's strategy, uh, it provokes thought. And this is a deep thinkers game baseball. It provokes thought with the manager and the bench coach. And that is a good thing. So I'm in. I'm in. I'm Chuck Nasty there. Wow. Oh, Patrick and I hit it at the same time. Yep. Going. Go, wow. All right. I I'm I still need to come over on this one. I'm still Charles Cobb on on this thing. I don't know. I, the, the randomness of it. It does. It feels weird to to win again, especially when I guess when the um like the first team scores. Right. It puts this weird uh pressure on the home team that i don't i don't know it's just so bizarre i, I maybe i just haven't gotten used to it i mean it's working can, on me. can, i'll see if it can, can i make an can i make an analogy because yeah. i know you're hockey drew now that's so. right that's right, that's right. slap shot me, right. yeah let me let me uh let me make an analogy <laughs> you know in overtime they play three on three hockey right yeah yeah, yeah. and i think it's awesome i mean it's yeah it's pond hockey man it's three on three the abs, you know, with Nathan McKinnon flying up the ice and there aren't, you know, five bodies to skate around. It's just fly past a couple of guys and you're going to have a, you know, potentially a great opportunity to score. Well, we're, we're trying to do things in the game to make it more appealing. 
and not just appealing to yesterday's generation, but appealing to the next generation. And so, oh, the game's tied at four. We'll go to the 10th inning. Come on back. There's going to be a runner on second. There's instant drama, and we need more drama. We need more action. We need more things that will captivate people um, to this game that we love. So I have done a 180 on that one. Yeah, it seems fair and balanced, too, because, again, both teams have the exact same opportunities like we've seen in college football, you know, with, with both teams getting that, that opportunity in the red zone there and getting ready to score, and it just kind of expedites things really well. And I, you can't really game the system unless you're, you know, you're rostering a, a speedster that you're sitting on your bench for the entirety of the game, which is not a good strategy for the first nine innings. You know, it, it, it's fair. I think it, it balances it out. and it, it, it makes sense in the minor leagues particularly because – those poor people that are ushers and the people working at the, uh, you know, you know the, the booths and merchandise and all that stuff, man, for those people to be staying up until one, two o'clock in the morning, that's certainly not fair. We're okay with that. I'm, well, I, I don't know about you entirely, but those late night games, like that one in San Francisco in 2019, that the longer it went on, the crazier it got. Uh, but Man, yeah, if, if we can end those a little bit sooner, there's nothing wrong with that. Get the action going. Put the runner on second. I love it. We we can always wax nostalgic. nostalgic um, yeah. The, uh, again, the look in the rearview mirror. And I always think of that 22-inning game in 2009 in San Diego. And, yeah, I mean, we were everybody was kind of punch drunk. And, and actually, some guys literally who were out of the game were drunk. Um <laughs> <laughs> with the rock, with the rock. I mean, they at that doing, point, they, they can't sub you rally. back in. I've checked the rule book. <laughs> yeah, they were doing rally shots um, back then, and, and it's fun to. But when you're going through it, um, I <laughs> listen. I, I had no problem. What do you talk it? about in the nineteenth <laughs> inning? <laughs> oh, you know, we, we, hey, listen. When you hit, when you hit your third, uh, take me out to the ball game. <sighs> And throwing oh, Cracker Jacks three. I mean, we're you're, you know you're pantomiming it, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, neat part of baseball lore, part of the you know mystique of baseball. But we need more action, and so it's tied at five, and we're going to the tenth inning. Come on back, man! The, the guy who made the last out is Garrett Hansen. Rocky's got a you know great speed at second. When we come back, I'm good with it. Let's protect these players. Let's protect them. We they we they don't need to be going out playing these you know marathon games. Let's protect them. I, I think this is a good rule. Yeah, yeah. And as a fan of speed in the game, and maybe that's because that was one of the very few things I could do in baseball, and it's not that important. But still, <laughs> uh, that that is one of the things. So that was uh, also on the list. Will asking about it. It kind of fits into this category. The three true outcomes era of baseball is this something that you see as a problem or are you, are you a little more charles cobb on the man really it, it's a walk a home run or a strikeout and no one's allowed to steal bases or, or play small ball anymore or uh, are you more chuck nasty and a, hey let them fly and if you got a problem with it figure out another way to win no i'm charles cobb here uh right. I, we, we do we do have to go back and i, and I talked to dante about this he had some really interesting takes which because he, listen, he's a power hitter, right? He had home runs, led the league in home runs in 95 with 40, drove in, you know, 120 plus for, for a bunch of years. 
I think it was five years of 118 plus in a Rockies uniform. Yet he didn't he didn't strike out a ton. And I'm not okay with the continuing rise in strikeouts. I'm not I love home runs. We all love home runs. I don't I don't need the ball deadened to keep the ball in the ballpark, but I do need the bat on the ball more frequently. The ball in play is we need more of that. So you know the fact that you know he hit it over the wall or he struck out and there's no um, it, it used to be when I grew up, man, it, there was a, um, you, you didn't want to strike out. There was, there was, there was a more of a, a stigma that was, that was a negative attached to striking right. out that doesn't exist in today's game. And I, I think the game needs to appreciate ball and play more to strike approach more, uh, you know, personified probably by, by the former Rocky and, and now a guy that's, you know, been the MVP of the Yankees the last two years and DJ LeMahieu. Right. Yeah. We think of, we think of action only as runs, but you look back at those, you know, 1980s Cardinals teams, you know, Willie McGee, Keith Hernandez, Ozzie Smith. Again, they, they put the ball in play. You can even see it recently as to 2015, the Kansas city Royals, you know, they didn't have any great home run hitters on that squad. They just put the ball in play, made some things happen. And, that that's good for baseball. That's the kind of action we need. It doesn't have to even translate to runs. Just let's keep the ball moving, put it in play, and let's see what happens. Yeah, and, and to your point, Patrick, for the Rockies, let's be honest. I mean, you, you lost a potential forty home run guy in in Nolan, and even if we are writing about and talking about some really nice stories in in July and August, because wow, Sam Hilliard's arrived, and Ryan McNan's got you know, 20 home runs at the break. They're not and have not been a powerful club last few years, really, even going back to 2018. So they are going to have to, more than just lip service, they are going to have to manufacture more runs, utilize their speed, even if you run yourself out of some innings, because you are not going to sit back like some teams are capable of doing and waiting for you know, somebody hit the ball over the wall. Outside, outside of Trevor, they don't have, and, and, and I should say Charlie as well, they don't have guys who go, okay, we can pencil this guy in for 25, 30-plus home runs. You don't know. Right. I, we, we hope that a couple of guys, as we've talked about, become those type of players, but you, you're going to have to utilize the athleticism that they possess. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, in addition to that, I couldn't figure out how to make it fit in the game, so there's also been talks about banning the shift. I'm not sure if banning the shift is the Charles Cobb and keeping the shift is the Charles... I don't know, but just where, where would you consider that as another way of making you know more action in the game and having there be more defense and singles and these kinds of things? Well, I, I, listen, sometimes, sometimes the, the player at the plate has to adjust and can't keep pulling the ball into, if you're a left-handed batter pulling the ball into three guys on the right side of the infield. Right. And they they have to make, um, again, game-wise adjustments. Scoreboard always dictates what you do. And I think that a manager should have the right to play the seven position players that can move anywhere they want. I, I find it really interesting. 
you guys will help me out with this. I'm trying to remember what club did it. I know Andy Green, when he was with the Padres, was, was um, you know, very creative. We've seen teams throw uh, – Tampa did it, right? Kevin Cash threw four outfielders and three mm-hmm. infielders. I like that. That's different. I don't mind different. Is it against Joey Gallo? Three on the right side or three on the left side? Yeah. Figure out a way to, to beat that shift. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've seen in, you know, talking about extra innings where it forces a team's hand where the winning runs at third base and you go with two outfielders and five infielders. I like that because it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm, that's one where I'm like, yeah, just, just let them put and, and, and beat the strategy one way or the other. So it's calling an audible, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's looking at the, looking at the defense and going, Oh, well, look at that. All I got to do is lay a bunt down third base and it doesn't even have to be that good. I can do it. That we've gone away from that in the game is, is that ability to kind of change on the fly and, and reassess the situation. Sure. And I know it's frustrating when you hear it, see a, a bullet up the middle and, and then, you know, you're watching on television and, and, and our director cuts to it and there's a guy standing right there and you go, oh man, because my whole life, you know, right. hit the bat, hit, hit the ball through the originator, spin the pitcher's cap, right? But now there's a guy there. Well, that's okay. That's part of the evolution, as I see it, of the game also. And it's not the, you know, even back, you know, 75 years ago, there were shifts that were, that were placed on, you know, guys that were predominantly pull hitters. Ted Williams, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Next on the Charles Cobb, Chuck Nasty spectrum. Oh, wait, where did I put it? Um, oh, yeah, let's do expanded postseason. And I don't know exactly what that is. Okay, so which, which is, yet, is, right, Cobb, right. is Cobb the purest? <laughs> Yeah, so Cobb would be you want fewer teams in the postseason here. Chuck Nasty, let them all. Let's NBA this thing. Half of the teams get in the post, get in the playoffs. March you know? Madness. Everyone gets in. <laughs> Everyone it's gets a tournament. <laughs> losers bracket. There's also a losers bracket. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I, I'm stealing part of the quote on on uh, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, I, I used to say. Give me your tired, your poor, your mediocre teams. That's the NBA and the NHL. Everybody gets to go. Everybody gets a ribbon. Um, I, I've always appreciated how difficult it is to get to the postseason, even for the heavily favored uh, in baseball. And that's why they pour beer, Breckenridge beer or champagne over one's head when they officially clinch a playoff spot. It is difficult. It is the most difficult thing in team sports to do to get a postseason spot. Um, I would, uh, I'll make an analogy and show the difference in basketball. The Lakers are not going to pour champagne when they clinch a playoff spot later <laughs> on this spring. They're not. Right. They know they're going to the playoffs. They knew they were going to the playoffs at the end of the last year. They, knew, they, they know every day that they put on shorts and, and high tops that they're going to the postseason. The, the Nuggets, quite frankly, should fall into that category also. Now they're yeah. slotting where you'll be. But in baseball, even for the great teams on paper, they're going to celebrate that achievement. Now I've pontificated on that for a moment. I'm going to probably surprise you because I'm okay. In fact, I applaud the expansion of the Major League postseason, not 
perhaps to aid, as we saw in the truncated season of 2020. But what the owners would like to see, and that is seven, an additional two teams in each league. It keeps fan engagement. It keeps teams involved that maybe would have been dismissed by July 1st. And I think that is a good thing. And I also don't agree that, you know, some of the Players Association contention um, is that it's going to hurt free agency. Whether you are, you know, an 80-win team, you think, and, and are trying to do something to get to 84, 85 and get that seventh spot, or whether you're a, an 88-win team and you're trying to get to 95 to, to be at the top of the division, perhaps, I still think you're going to see activity with free agents saying, this guy can help put us over the top. And so I, uh, I, I think that, at least in my mind, would debunk the argument that it's going to in some way hurt free agency in the offseason. I think it's good for the game. I think it's good for fans. Um, and, and I think it keeps teams in it. And we all know that baseball, if you get hot in the postseason, you can make noise. And that's why we've had wild card teams win the World Series. I always think of Mar the Marlins. They've never won a division, but they have two banners uh, down in, uh, in South Beach. That's right. Yeah, and, and you know, if, if the format is exactly what we, we think it would be with seven teams, it would essentially be the team with the best record in each league just gets a bye, doesn't doesn't have to play that like wild card round. So that even encourages the the best teams to continue to be really talented and not just rest their guys and say, Hey, you know what, we've got this division locked up. It's no, we want to keep playing to get that first seat to get the bye. So it it really puts the impetus on on all teams. Uh, at that point, to, to play a full 162 schedule. Yeah, and, and then you can set up your rotation if you are uh, the top seed in, you know, the, the National League or the American League, and uh, you know, make sure if somebody's got you know aches and pains or if somebody was was gimpy at the conclusion of the season, you can you can use that uh, handful of days off to get healthy. All right, next, Charles Cobb slash Chuck Nasty. We've got to decide on here. How about, and I feel like this doesn't get talked about as much as it used to when they first came up, but imbalanced interleague schedules, mm. you know, can, can be the luck of the draw. You can look back, and I think about this probably more than someone should, but to 2018 and the fact that the Rockies had the Houston Astros as opposed to, say, the Kansas City Royals on uh they, they had the toughest interleague schedule that year and the dodgers had one of the easier ones and as we all know the two teams ended up tied we don't talk about strength of schedule in baseball very often but it's kind of a thing now so should it be do we want to charles cobb go back to a world where we don't have these imbalanced schedules or chuck nasty man let's let's let it fly everyone play everyone we'll figure it out yeah i, I probably would say you have to go chuck nasty here in that some teams have natural rivals, the Rockies do not. And, and so they've, they've been alternating playing Texas one year and, and Houston the next year. You know, if it, was a, if it was a Texas year, at least lately, that would have been a good thing. If it's Houston, not such a good thing because they've had an elite roster naturally. Um, but I don't, I don't really know a way around that. It's kind of the luck of the draw. And you could also always look back and say, well, how did you play against sub-500 teams? How did you do against the bottom feeders? 
that particular year? Did you make sure that you that you had a, a very high win percentage or were you more mediocre against those? Because you could point to that and say, hey, we needed to play better against the teams that, that we were better than, clearly. Um, you, you play 162. I like to fall back on, uh, you know, my favorite coach growing up as a New York Giant fan, Bill Parcells. Um, you are what the record says you are. And, and certainly when you play the number of games that they do in Major League Baseball, at the end of the day, you can say, oh, we had this injury, we had this, we, you know, injuries are part of sport, misfortune, scheduling, whatever. You are what the record says you are. So, you know, if, if you win 88 games, you won 88 games. If you win 78, that's who you are. You got to own it. Yeah, schedules can can be imbalanced in that way where it's just the luck of the draw. But as you said, over a full season, the cream rises to the top, and that's and that's that's what's fun about baseball too is you can have those debates and go, yeah, you know what, the Rockies they had a harder strength of schedule in, in twenty eighteen, whereas the Dodgers didn't. It's a shame that it did come down to one sixty three, and and the Rockies lost that. But um, it's it's just part of the the fun of baseball and having that debate because. You know, the alternative is, is creating some kind of schedule that, man, is incredibly rigid. And I don't necessarily know what that would look like. You could have back-to-back off days if, if teams are forced to stay up in Seattle for, for three days. You know, this year, Seattle and the Rockies have each other uh, home and away, just two games at, at each other's ballpark. So it could get really complicated. And I think that's probably one of the, the biggest reasons why we might not ever see, you know, a perfectly balanced schedule in that way. But... Uh, it, it certainly would make life a lot easier for, for debating, but I think that's what we like to do. Yeah, I would agree. All right. We've got a couple more here that I want to get to, though I've misplaced my list. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Um, okay, I'm ready to get my heart broken on this one and, and not necessarily Uh-oh. prepared for a full Uh-oh. debate. Uh-oh. But, and, and I think I know where you stand on this. The last I heard you guys talk about it on air, I think it was a couple of years ago. So electronic strike zones, Charles Cobb or Chuck Nasty. What's Cobb? Uh, that's going to be Cobb against either? the electronic zones. Keep it how it is, right? The, the Wi-Fi hamsters may have gotten you just in time to make Ulysses sure we don't do this. Cobb. There we go. He's going straight. He's going, he's going get out of here with that. Okay. I'm going to hold that. Well, I'm going to read. Uh, yeah. Gonna he's going to reboot and come back in just for this. It's not like he it. said Charles Ulysses <laughs> Cobb. Charles like he's, Ulysses. He was going Charles, all in. He added it. I was going to say he added a whole extra name to the whole thing. This is going to be great. Once he I prefer Aloysius. Charles Aloysius Cobb. Although Cobb already Aloysius. is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead first and, and say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm flexible. What, whatever ends up happening, I'm going to be fine with it. It's baseball. Baseball will rebound. Uh, I trust the decision makers. Sure, we all have our issues with Rob Manfred, of course. But I, I, I think there's plenty of intelligent people that are looking at this and um, and, and we know that the pros and the cons, and, and you could, you could say the same about either way, whether you want to have an electronic strike zone or not. So for me, if, if I had my druthers, I, I would not have the electronic strike zone. I am okay with, with those little nuanced calls that 
should have gone one way versus another. Uh, I, I don't think it to be that detrimental in in the grand scheme of things. We know it, it could potentially have had something to do with uh, a win here and a loss there on an individual game-by-game -game basis. But even still, a, a call goes one way, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, in, in the next, uh, on Terrible. the next pitch, you're, right? You're, you're done. I don't have to show you the same respect as I do our guest. All right. <laughs> I'm old school. I'm old school. Charles Cobb. Terrible. Keep it as is. All right. Let, let us have it, Goody. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, okay. Well, I, 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 you guys heard me say Charles Ulysses Cobb in capital letters. Um, <laughs> you did say that. Listen, you know that we all, just like all announcers, you go, oh, where's that pitch? Where was that? And you'll hear me say that this year, and don't give me a hard time. Um, and, and also, there is a constant referendum on the strike zone because it's one of the sold items uh, in in games. You know, the, the strike zone is, is, a, is a big sold item, and we see it shave the corner, and it's called a ball. And we're like, that's in the, uh, you know, Subaru strike zone, right? Well, even though that can be a nuisance, these guys are really good. And they get it right better than 92% of the time, uh, their, their strike zone. And for me, one of the great subtle parts of baseball is the art of catching, the art of stealing pitches, the art of, uh, of stealing a low strike. And I don't want to see that lost. You know, pitchers are very particular with who they throw to, and it's an important element of the game. And there is an art to catching, and I don't want to see that lost with an electronic strike zone. Because just like replay in football, we've all watched video replays, guys, in football, and you go, how did they come to that conclusion? We just watched the video of it. That was a catch. That was a fumble. That wasn't a fumble. That wasn't a catch. And, and so there's still debate after video replay. Well, just because we right. go to electronic doesn't mean perfect. And so you'll see some strike. And you go, wait a second. He's six foot four. There, there's no way that was a strike. It was too low or that was too high on Jose Altuve. You'll still be debating it. So I know we're headed that direction, but I don't like it. I'm Charles Ulysses. Cobb, and I have no idea if Ulysses is any part of his name. In fact, I'm probably pretty sure it's not. You're going to say, because then he'd have, he'd have the two middle names. you you, you got to love yeah. that. Well, so, hey, listen, one of my boys, I, we has four names. He's got two middle names. There you go. He's in good company. Larry Walker. Larry, Kenneth, Robert, Walker. Two middle names. I didn't, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, Patrick had, had just done a thing on, uh, there's one other. Who was the other? A Mordecai. Centennial something Brown. Three Finger Brown's got <laughs> two middle names. Mordecai, Three Fingers Brown. Three Fingers. Brown. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He that legally changed it to two. No, on his birth certificate, he had two different ones and then legally changed it to Three Finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've made my so Larry, arguments about the uh, electronic strike zone, though, many times. So I'll, I'll, I'll let what you all had to say on that carry the day for now so i'm i'm a i'm a big proponent well we'll work on that we'll work on that over there see you said you've done Patrick, a 180 on some of these others so all right we he's deferring to us patrick we have them outnumbered we do right. we do we're we're old school I mean, yeah, but he, he's gonna feel good because he's probably gonna win out anyway and in the long run as you said it, that's right it's probably coming 
And that, that's all right. He can have that. That's right. We know who's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are these? Okay, a couple other uh, easy ones, I think. Let, let, we'll, we'll finish out on stuff that's maybe a little bit less controversial then. We'll give ourselves a little cool down here. Alternate jerseys. There's so many alternate jerseys days these days. We got players weekends and Mother's Day, Father's Day. They're always wearing some kind of alternate jerseys. Back in the day, you had your home whites and your road grays, man. So Charles Cobb, stick with the stuff, or, or are you a fan of all the different jerseys these guys are rolling out in? I, I don't – you know, if the, if the jersey is pretty unique, I'm fine with it. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Chuck Nasty here. I don't get all worked up um, that that there's alternative jerseys, and I think it's progress with the game that they have on that weekend where you can, you know, have a nickname on the back. I love – I don't know why this popped in my mind, fellas, but I remember, do you remember when Trevor Story – it was, uh, it, it was, I think it was his rookie year, or maybe even his second year when it started. And um, his nickname was Joe because Mark, um, help me out, the, the, you know, Mark Reynolds um, had nickname. He could, he didn't remember, he kept, didn't remember his name. He wasn't anybody yet. And he was part of his way of kind Joe. of putting, putting the, the rookie in his place. He's like, Trevor, what? Joe. Joe, whatever your name is, right? <laughs> so on the back of his jersey was Joe. I, I listen, that's good, man. I'm all right. They play 162 games. I don't need to see 81 in white and 81 in gray. If Tanner right. and the uh, you know the Padres do a good job on Sunday, they wear the uh, the camo on Sunday at home at Petco. I'm I'm good with that. Chuck Nasty. Love it. I like it. And here you go again, going old school with the strike zone. But going going new school Chuck Nasty with the jerseys. Yeah, I'm 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 in favor of all that. Get crazy, why not? Do it all. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Last one. So, so, I don't somebody see saying though. So we're not going to build back. Uh, no no seventies uh, early eighties era of Chicago White Sox. Uh, especially now. You don't want that in in uh, influx of red that the White Sox had for a while where they had some, mm. some red in there. They even had wow. some baby blue as well. We Now's not a good time to, to have an alternate jersey for the Rockies that has a little bit of red in it. No thanks. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, this comment is great, getting on me for being for the electronic strike zone, saying I was probably an outfielder. I actually was a catcher, by the way. That is uh, – your point is that my biggest sticking point about the electronic strike zone, which is we'll, we'll lose catcher framing, which I do love. So I, I'm, but I, once I got too tall to catch anymore, they made me go in the outfield. So maybe this is some kind of like repressed like problem of like, once I was over six feet tall, they were like, you can't catch anymore. And it ruined my baseball career. And so I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think it, it, it'll, it'll change the, the job of the catcher where you're going to have to block more balls now. Because there are going to be some pitchers with some wicked curveballs that yeah. they know can just get right in that front edge of home plate. It could even bounce on top of home plate. You're going to have a hard time defending it, but you know it's going to be a strike. So I think there will still be the shift. There will still be that uh, component of, of being a catcher and, and being able to you know, do a job back there and, and, and protect the ball and keep it in front of you. Well, I went to college as a catcher, and my middle son, is a college catcher, so I 
um, am really big on protecting that position from it's the most important defensive position in base. And one of the maybe the toughest position to play in all of professional sports. I don't think people realize all the things that go into that mentally. I think physically people understand it, but how mentally grinding and challenging it is to be a catcher. So I'm with you. Other than punter, I would agree with you. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's my list for the day. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Really appreciate you sharing your insights on some of these new rules and changes. Mostly Chuck Nasty, you know. I'm, I'm sure there are some people out there who would think you're more of a baseball traditionalist. but uh, And maybe you would even describe yourself that way. Well, with these things going on, man, you're out here going, let's do it. Let's grow the game. Let's move it forward. I think that's that's awesome. You know, you know what, Drew? If we did this played this uh, game five years ago, you probably would have said Charles Bob just entered the room. <laughs> but um, I, I have evolved. There you go. You gotta, like, <laughs> baseball's a game of adjustments. <laughs> you, you adjust over the years, right? Uh. Absolutely. All right. Well, we thank you all so much for listening into this episode, following along. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel so you can join this conversation when we're going live on Wednesdays at 4.05 p.m. You know, all the other days we're going live on Facebook and Periscope. We'll be live on YouTube again tomorrow with a little bit of minor league mayhem, so make sure you're checking in on all of that. Make sure you're listening to the Drew Goodman podcast. As he just mentioned, he had a conversation with Dante Bichette. That'll be dropping on Thursday morning. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss any conversation with Dante Bichette, but every episode of that podcast bringing you fun guests, great baseball chat. You got to make sure you're subscribed to that. And uh, you're, you're tuning in for all this stuff as baseball things start to happen. So we appreciate you all out there. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and of course, at Drew Goodman 42. You subscribe to the DNVR.com so you get all of that written content plus discounts on hats, shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. And you get to hang out with us in the Discord chat room. Ask us questions all the time. Make sure that we can get your questions to Drew Goodman next time on the podcast. So... Again, thank you all for being absolutely awesome out there. I promise you, we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Drew Goodman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Thanks, fellas.